0: The MVP favorite is down for we don't know how long Joel B has a meniscus tear. LeBron James might be on the move, might be getting traded. Time is up according to LeBron James. The All-Star reserves have been announced. So much more has been happening in the NBA, but let's get into foul trouble. We spent this week traveling. You know, you were in Cleveland. I was in Miami. We were gonna do a whole Phoenix Suns. You know, the Cavs have won 12 out of 13. The Knicks are looking amazing. But when the MVP favorite goes down and LeBron James looks like he might be getting traded, that takes the king stage. of the
1: NBA, the king of last season, <laughs> the Kings are falling left and right. The Kings just keep losing. You saw the Kings lose live. Um, there is only one thing though that I like need to hear about from your trip. So I, of course, I watched the Suns Heat game, and I could not help but notice, James, you were in Miami at the game on the same day it was mm-hmm. Rick Ross's birthday, and Rick Ross was <clears throat> in the audience with you in the crowd. How were how were the vibes for for Rick Ross's birthday in Miami?
0: You know, I didn't know it was Rick Ross's birthday and I was wondering why Rick Ross got a tribute video during the game, Um, because that did happen. (laughs) (laughs) I was really unsure as to why that was happening. But you know Rick Ross, the man. I've had the pleasure of meeting him once. Uh, he told me to stay warm. Uh, I've been doing that. I forgot to bring a hoodie on my trip though, so I was actually pretty cold. It gets kind of windy. In <laughs> Damn!
1: So, so you were not heating. Rick Ross's only advice to you. Okay, Rick Ross aside. No, I did not. You're right. It's crazy. <laughs> this has been an insane week of of NBA basketball, NBA news cycle, and your guy, our guy, Philadelphia's guy. Joel the process Embiid went down. We're not exactly sure the extent of the meniscus meniscus tear just yet, but it's become very clear that Joel Embiid is not going to make the games played threshold to qualify for MVP, qualify for All-NBA.
0: James, the floor is yours. Yeah, so we don't know the extent of the injury. Shams tweeted um, this yesterday. The team has not officially confirmed to tear and says that Joel will be able to remain out through the weekend while a treatment plan is finalized. But it seems like Joel's probably going to miss at minimum a month and a half to two months of NBA basketball. And, you know, I feel like it's really a shame that like, I feel like this all, you know, we're all speculating, but this all seems to kind of stem back to him missing that game in Denver and all the ridicule he got for it. It seemed like he really pushed himself to play before he was ready. And then, you know, here he is um, with the torn meniscus and like, not to compare myself to Joel Embiid, but like having torn my meniscus myself, it did come after like strenuous, strenuous, like working on my knee for a long, long time. So like, it does make sense that an injury like that would come because he you know, came back before he was ready. So it's, it's a real bummer, you know, we're witnessing a historic season. And I feel like the whole 65 games play thing has kind of been this weird, unintended talking point where it would have been maybe better in retrospect to just let that work itself out naturally if at the end of the season he only played 55 games. Because, um, yeah, it's a bummer that Philly's out with their guy and it means Philly's going to drop in the standings. And if he does come back, it's going to be really interesting to see you know, are we going to get, like, Philly-Milwaukee in round one? Or are we going to get, like, Philly-Boston in round one? Like, how far are the Sixers going to slide? I know they won last night, but they've been pretty bad without Embiid for the most part. this
1: year. Yeah, so the Sixers are about, I, I think they're six games back of Boston at one right now, but they're still, oh, and it, it helps that the, that the Pacers lost yesterday to the Knicks, but it, it It's kind of up in the air, like I guess five games is a lot to make up, which is basically what the Heat would have to do and the Pacers would have to do to knock them down into the play-in race. But even just kind of sitting where they are right now, it's a very tough matchup against Cleveland. I think they've played well enough to assume that they could have an easier first round matchup. But yeah, I mean, I I wasn't really sure how to feel about the 65 game rule coming into this season. And more and more, it feels like I I think Joel Embiid's MVP campaign was kind of slowing down in the first place due to his missed games. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head of people that don't play a lot of games unless you're Bill Walton in the mid 70s. They don't get voted as MVP, and I think if this rule wasn't in place and Embiid played like you said, fifty-five games, sixty games, even without this like uh, big kind of dramatic meniscus tear, I I think his numbers would have had had to be even more exorbitantly amazing than they are right now for him to actually win. So. I wonder if the NBA is long for this rule because it seems, at least thus far, it's done a lot more harm than good.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting going back to that because I feel like the last time we really had a, like, somebody who really didn't play enough games to win an award but probably should have was Joel Embiid himself all the way back in his rookie season because he only played, like, 32, 33 games. But you could argue that he was much more impactful in his 30 games than Brogdon was in his 82. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could argue it very, very easily. Like, he was by far the best rookie that year. Um,
1: But, yeah, I mean, so looking towards that MVP race that we're dancing around, obviously, Embiid is no longer the favorite. The, the five favorites right now taking Joel Embiid out of it is Nicole Jokic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Luka Doncic, and Giannis, and then Jason Tatum taking out the rear. Um, I don't know, where, where does the MVP race stand in your mind now?
0: There's just no, I feel like there's just no juice for Jokic this year, even though he's been so freaking amazing. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like, you know, last year it felt like kind of like a, there was, like, this negative perception toward Jokic. People were just sick of him. They didn't want to give him the MVP. This year, it doesn't even feel like it's, like, out of malice. It's like, we. I think we're just at that we've taken Jokic for granted stage with him. So, Patrick, you know my my bias. Um, and this team is too far down the standings. But if the Mavericks can get up to four, man, I think you will see a ton of Luka should win an MVP. He scored 73. He's doing all the scoring. Yet, yeah. I think you'll see the Luka push because he's more popular than shea so i do think we'll see that
1: yeah i i definitely agree with you there if the mavericks could climb up the standings just a little bit but yeah they are pretty far down and like all these guys that i just listed they all have <laughs> good enough numbers to justify an mvp so then like we always say it comes down to narrative and i feel like even if the celtics end up winning the east I just don't see the narrative meeting Jason Tatum there, so that's kind of like an instant (laughs) cross-off on my list. And then it, it really leaves it to those other three guys, I think, Jokic, Shea, Luka, Giannis. I feel like his season's been so weird already. I would be a little surprised. Maybe if they can hunt down the Celtics at number one, maybe they could get there. But it kind of feels like, can Luka... Go on a crazy run and bring the Mavs to four, maybe top three in the West. Or, like, who's going to win the West? If Shea wins the West, I feel like Shea should get the MVP. If Jokic wins the West, I feel like Jokic should get the MVP. Max, I'm sorry, but if the Wolves win the West, I have absolutely no idea what to do with this award. Just break it in a bunch of pieces and hand it to all the first-team All-NBA guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, now the MVP race is wide open, because I do feel like a week ago it was pretty cl- shut and closed, and Bede was by far the the clear favorite. Yeah. But, Patrick, should we talk about the juiciest the juiciest thing of all time, which is LeBron James? <laughs> so, David Pingalore, he is a reporter with KTLA. Um, this guy has called LeBron to the Lakers, he called LeBron to Cleveland, he called Kawhi to the Clippers. Basically, this guy kind of has like a perfect track record. And the thing is, he's not really like a newsbreaker. He's very sparse with his news. But he tweeted, or he x Is that is that the verb for X? You X'd? I, guess I He slashed. He crossed. He crossed. Hearing from NBA peeps, LeBron James is at the top of the Lakers list to trade the 39-year-old. Belinka Bal- is looking for the right team to dance with and is close to his suitor. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are both out tonight. By the way, the Lakers beat the Celtics last night without LeBron and AD.
1: Yeah, uh, and Austin Reeves looked freaking amazing. Um, With that, can we talk about the game just real quick before we (laughs) jump fully into uh, the LeBron trade ideas? Because you know that I am dying to do that. I just think my takeaway from the Lakers-Celtics game is super unsustainable way for the Lakers to win games, but super sustainable way for the Celtics to lose games. The Celtics keep picking up these little losses that I'm like, how do you not get up for this game? Just little flashes in the pan of the, the Celtics of old. And like, I mean, Lakers, they're not gonna shoot 52% from three in most <laughs> games, we, we've seen that. But really gutsy win from the Lakers and really impressive win from, uh, from Austin. Or from Austin Reeves in particular. What did you think about the game, James?
0: You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to what you were saying. The Celtics, like, they just take so many threes. That's another game where, like, the Lakers are able to shoot, like, a ton of free throws because they're taking way more points or way more shots toward the rim. Also, this – did you see that thing I was going around Twitter? It's like the Lakers were, like, last in drives per game but first in free throws. But then it's like the Lakers are, like, also, like, leading the league in, like, post-ups and stuff. And it's like people's – like anti-ref Lakers narratives are really, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like people just like want to be upset about things so much. Oh, well, especially with the Lakers, like it is, it is so fun to hate on the Lakers. So, I, I deep dived a lot into this Lakers season because I'm, I'm really, I'm really confused because last season, Patrick, this Lakers team after the trade deadline, record-wise, was the best team in the NBA. They had the best record in the NBA. They went all the way from the bottom of the West to the Western Conference Finals. And I was really, really high on this team. And are you ready for some numbers that are going to blow yes, your mind? Yes, sirree. So when you think of last year's Lakers, what is the lineup you think of? That is just the the crazy. This is why this team is. It's good like lineup.
1: the AD Vanderbilt, LeBron,
0: Austin Reeves, mm-hmm. and who's the mm-hmm. other guy? D'Lo. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that five-man lineup, Patrick, is plus forty for hundred possessions this season. Okay. Darvin Ham needs to be fired. What are we doing? Okay, here's another one. So here's the other lineup that really kind of pole vaulted that Lakers team. It's that same five-man lineup, but you you slot in Rui for Vando. Plus 30 per 100. There's a sleeping giant in this Lakers team that's just last year's Lakers team. And Darvin Ham is not using it. What, What are we doing here in LA? Darvin Ham needs to be fired, in my opinion. I've been doing a deep dive. Apparently, like six sources I was reading are like the Lakers players are really upset with Darvin Ham because he's not playing the kind of core group that got him to the Western Conference finals last year. A lot of people are saying he's playing Torian Prince way too much because Prince was his guy back in Atlanta. And it just seems like this situation with the Lakers is just not going to a positive place because apparently Genie Buss is a huge fan of Ham's and doesn't want him to go. So, I mean, we're at an impasse here because Ham is. I mean, I guess, you know, all of us, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, grading coaches is one of the things as fans we really struggle with. Like, what do we know? But objectively speaking, not playing your best lineups is objectively bad coaching.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like the whole time LeBron has been in L.A., there's always – been, especially since the Westbrook trade, there's been this dichotomy of, like, there's LeBron and his team that is, like, trying to run the Lakers, the whole, like, clutch sports team that has obviously effectively gotten so many of their players on the Lakers roster over the last couple years that LeBron has been there. And then there's the old guard Lakers, the, you know, I guess check's not there anymore. Who, who am I thinking of? Um, I don't know. That whole, like, bus family, obviously. Magic was in and out. And it seems like they just are at a point where it's like, the team isn't winning. We just have to stop giving in to these LeBron demands because the Westbrook <coughs> trade went so bad. And I guess that has morphed into, like, reasoning why they should keep darvin ham i don't know this is all speculation but it's kind of all these breadcrumbs add up to it really making sense that the lakers could be looking to move on from lebron because they've invested so much into the lebron era and now he can opt out of his contract this offseason and then it could be it could just be done. And if they have Intel saying that LeBron is not long for LA, it would be the smart thing. It would be what any other <laughs> franchise in the NBA, obviously, the Lakers are not just any other franchise in the NBA, but it's what any other franchise would do and look to trade their guy, especially when they're in, you know, ninth place in
0: the West. Yeah, I think what's just really frustrating about the situation is you know all of us thought this was going to be a good team coming into the year and now that Vanderbilt's back we can kind of see in the lineup data that this is a good team when the tools are used properly um I think that's what's frustrating this is almost like it's like this team is nowhere near as bad as its record like we can see that when they play the lineup that worked last year it works this year too I just I guess like that's where I'm a little like what are we doing in Laker land? Like, why are, why is the coach not playing these lineups? That make sense. Why is Rui Hachimura being banished to not playing when Tari and Prince is like some of the worst shot selection we've seen this season. Like, why is the team being managed this way? I guess that's the real frustrating part is like, if you're not going to use the tools you have properly, then yeah, you should probably try to get assets. But I think this would be a bad choice because I don't think Anthony Davis is going to want to stay. If LeBron is traded, I think Anthony Davis is kind of like LeBron's right hand man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I bet Anthony Davis would be very frustrated. I guess the good thing from a Lakers standpoint is like you just (laughs) signed him to a contract extension last offseason. So like, for instance, if you wanted to trade Anthony Davis before the trade deadline, you literally could not. Um, But I, I will push back a little bit just to say like two good lineups don't like always equal a great team. But like the fact that they're not playing those lineups is like very questionable. And like, why Why not? You know, it, it makes me think like, what's going on behind the scenes there is like, I don't know, maybe like it's LeBron. Does LeBron not get along with Rui anymore for some reason? Or like, it, it makes so little sense that you start to like pry in and think like, is there some interpersonal problem somewhere in those lineups?
0: I feel like it's a ham thing. You know, there was a clip last night of Rui hitting a three and LeBron and Davis going crazy on the bench. Seems super happy for him. Like, yeah, the Rui and thing I've, was complete a lot of the reporting has. Yeah, like it seems like a lot of the reporting is just like they're upset that they went to the Western Conference finals. And then this year, Ham is only playing the guys who didn't help them get there last year. So, I don't know. So what are your LeBron trades that you like if they were to trade in? Because there's two teams for me that I think really stand out as clean fits, clean trades, make sense for both teams. Um, and what are what, what is your number one uh, LeBron trade?
1: Uh, it was hard. It's like to evaluate LeBron's value is g- kind of an impossible task, I would say, because it's like, He's not Mm -hmm. on a long-term contract, so it's like, do you want to include long-term money or, uh, like, picks or long-term money? It's like, ideally, no, but it's also LeBron James, and he probably will put any team, almost any team, over the top once he gets there, depending on the pieces that are sent out. Probably, I'll just give you one first. Probably my favorite (laughs) of the trades that I I came up with, and I, I came up, we can rattle through some of them at the end but um probably my favorite one was lebron to the warriors and it's a four for four (laughs) construction Uh, of course the warriors have been another complete disaster this season and i don't know if adding lebron into the fold would fix everything but it would be very cool to see lebron play next to chris paul it would be very cool to see lebron play next to steph so what my trade was was LeBron, Gabe Vincent, Christian Wood, and Jackson Hayes. So Lakers get off a little bit of bad money as well. Four, Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson going to the team that his father won many NBA championships with, the team that he grew up cheering for. Gary Payton II, <laughs> Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody. No picks involved. Those young players are the value you get. And then you get LeBron James. <laughs> what do you
0: think? I'm a little, I mean, uh, LeBron in the Golden State uniform would just be like too much. I'm a little worried about defensively what a team like that looks like in terms of like rim protection because I don't know if you're gonna play Looney Draymond and LeBron together. Um, I mean, LeBron and Steph is is a crazy, crazy combination. Um, It would be almost as wrong as seeing Chris Paul in a Warriors jersey. I know it'd be the only thing that would be worse but no I've seen a lot of speculation for the Warriors. Patrick the two teams I think well two and a half teams because the third team I feel like is the one that I feel like we're both thinking of so we'll save that one. Um little homecoming one but the two teams I think make sense just from an it's easy to make it work is the Sixers and the Knicks. Okay cool. I um, I had because both, both the Sixers and the Knicks have a quality power forward in Tobias Harris and Julius Randle. Um You know, so those are kind of the big salary, but also they're not bad. And then the Knicks have the Fournier contract to fill it out. The Sixers have the Korkmaz contract to fill that trade out. Um, And then both of them have some future picks. Again, it kind of goes back to how do you value LeBron James? He has a player option. He's probably going to retire if he gets traded. He might not even play the rest of the season if he got traded. I think he would only play if it was to a team like a Philly or a New York or I, I think if he got traded to Oklahoma City, I don't think he would play. I straight up think it's if it's not a big market, I don't see LeBron James lacing up for that team.
1: I don't know. I, I feel um, like if it was a clear contender, he would consider it because it, we all know the number one thing that is important to LeBron James is his legacy. And maybe being able to tag on one extra championship might coax him into playing a half a season in Oklahoma City. <laughs> but I think that's a really great point.
0: Um, but but to go back to the Philly trade, you know, Tobias has that big contract, but you re-sign him for a reasonable amount of money. All of a sudden, Tobias looks a lot better. I feel like a lot of the you know issues with Tobias is the size of his contract. But if you're able to re-sign him this summer to a much more reasonable deal and you enter next year with kind of like Reeves, Tobias on a good contract and Anthony Davis and you have more flexibility to build a team, like – That's the start of the retooling for the Lakers. Obviously, whatever picks you get from Philly, you might have to get a lot of picks from Philly because none of their picks are that great. And then LeBron on Philly, I mean, kind of the way Steph would play with LeBron. or Maxi's such an amazing off-the-ball shooter, great in the handoff game, great moving without the ball. And I think LeBron with that kind of spaced-out Philadelphia lineup could be pretty lethal until Embiid gets back. And then when Embiid is back, I mean, sky's the limit for that team.
1: Absolutely. Spaced-out. Speedy guards that shoot really well—we've seen LeBron succeed with time and time again throughout his career. Um, I, what are their, What what kind? What
0: picks do they have? Do you do you have that down? They have like a weird. I'll, I'll pull it up. They have like a weird like option pick that goes between like four teams and like the Rockets, them, the oh the Thunder. yeah, like the Harden, um,
1: yeah, or the maybe Ben Simmons trade that was in there mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the knicks trade um while you're looking
0: they have so they have a 2026 first it's the least favorable from okc houston and clippers they have their unprotected los angeles clippers 2028 first that's juicy that's juicy so that's the juicy one that one would probably have to get protections put on it um yeah i would definitely want for a 39 year old lebron who's probably going to retire if he gets traded to your team but um and then they have the swap rights for the Clippers pick in 2029, which that could be juicy. I mean, there's a chance the Clippers are really bad at the end of this decade. Yeah,
1: At the bare mm-hmm. minimum, you can send those three picks out being like, "There's those are very volatile picks, but that is mm-hmm. for like a Lakers fan base, being able to say, yeah, we got three first round picks. I think there's something there. Probably my, my favorite as far as like asset wise for um, the Lakers. I would say is the the Knicks package. The Knicks have eight tradable first round picks. I say first round picks very loosely, but you, and because like four of those picks are like very borderline of like w- the quality of first round picks, but if you're sending out especially for the Lakers, if you're receiving five first round picks for a LeBron James package, I think you can like go to sleep happy at night, knowing you have sent out so many picks over the course of time. And the Lakers have been very successful in even later <laughs> round picks in, in the draft over the last, really the last decade of identifying talent. But um, all right, do you wanna, let's talk about the most fun team. The one that we're, we are all we rooting The Cavaliers. For,
0: the Cavaliers. The Cavs? What is Yes? What is you know your what Cavs trade? <clears throat> the Cavs. So is D- so Davis is straight up not tradable. Like even the he doesn't he's not tradable at all this not year. Not tradable at all this year, unfortunately. Cause I think Cavs fans might love this or hate this, but I was thinking if there's some sort of framework where it's Garland and Mobley for LeBron and AD. Mm. Um, but if that's not possible, I mean Cleveland, I feel like you know, at this point, There's, I feel like this, we've kind of talked about this when we were talking about Donovan Mitchell earlier, is there's always been this weird, like, Garland's our guy, Mitchell's, like, the mercenary, which I feel like it feels like that because it's been framed like that in a way, you know what I mean? Obviously, we had our Mitchell trade pod, didn't get traded, doesn't look like he's going to get traded. The Cavs have been better with Mitchell than they've been with Garland now for about two seasons, and, like, if you're the Cavs, like, I don't really understand why it seems like every team construction for the Cavs has to be the Garland one and not the Mitchell one, so... If you're Cleveland, are you comfortable giving up Garland or Mobley to get LeBron James? Because I think adding LeBron James to this Cleveland team could be kind of crazy. So, And maybe you even get a pick with LeBron because you're giving up either a borderline all-star point guard or you're giving up a defensive player that you're candidate.
1: The difficult thing about any Cleveland trade construction for LeBron is they don't really have any tradable picks. They have a couple swaps that they can send out, but those aren't, like, real first-round picks. Um, and, of course, like, you're leaving the Lakers with Anthony Davis. It's a roll of the dice. You don't know what kind of first-round picks those, or what kind of swaps those will end up being like. Um, I I built out two cr- trade constructions that would work for LeBron going back to Cleveland. The first one is I think the more obvious one that I, I don't like. Cause I do agree with you. Why not? If you have Garland, you have Donovan Mitchell. Why not keep the more, the better player, um, which I think is clearly Donovan Mitchell, but this one is built around Donovan Mitchell and it's just simply LeBron for Donovan Mitchell and Karis Levert. The money works um, I think if you're the Lakers, you can easily turn Donovan Mitchell around and turn him into a lot of assets, or you can just roll the dice and see how it's going to go with Donovan Mitchell and Anthony Davis, which you could do a lot worse than starting with two all-NBA talents. But um, the trade construction that I actually like better, if I'm the Cavs and I'm going for it, and mindfully that... Um, Darius Garland is a clutch sports guy. I'm sure LeBron would want to play with him. It's um, a construction all around getting Evan Mobley to um, Los Angeles. Evan Mobley's been a little bit disappointing this year. He hasn't taken the strides developmentally that we've wanted. So the package would be LeBron, Cam Redditch, and Jackson Hayes for Karis LeVert, Max Struess, Isaac Okoro, and Evan Mobley. Um, And then this just builds out this big, a true big four of Jared Allen, who has been amazing. We're going to talk about all-star snubs later. I think he's kind of on the borderline of that discussion. Garland and Mitchell, too. We talked about how great it would be for LeBron to play next to a guy like Maxi For LeBron to play against next to two guys like Donovan Mitchell and um, Darius Garland. We've never seen that in LeBron's career. And then um, and then LeBron. And, and you still got like Niang. Uh,
0: what do you think of those two trade constructions? I don't like the first one. I don't think Cleveland would ever say yes to that, but I like the second one. I, I really like like Garland, Mitchell, LeBron. So much spacing, so much shooting. Um, obviously, if LeBron goes to Cleveland, it can't be with both of the bigs. And Allen, I feel like has shown to be the better overall player than Mobley, which I don't think anyone expected two years ago, but it's kind of the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Some guys don't always develop linearly. They don't always develop at the same rate, you know, year to year. Um, Yeah, I mean, LeBron homecoming would be a lot, a lot of fun. I remember, was it like a couple years ago, there was like some weird LeBron tiff, and it was like a lot of sources like the Cavs don't want LeBron to come back anymore. They want to move on to a post-LeBron era. But I mean, small forward spot's been the missing the missing ingredient for this Cavs construction for two years now, I'm like, man, it'd be so fun if LeBron like won one last championship with Cleveland. Where,
1: so let's say they did that, uh, that construction of basically Evan Mobley <laughs> and three of their best role players for LeBron. Where does that like put the Cavs in the East? Would, would you put them above a, a Boston, a Milwaukee? Or is it just kind of yeah, in I the same
0: conversation? No, I think I would put I think I'd put them at the top. Because I think we've seen with the Celtics. I mean, it's just this I don't know, man. Like, why are you guys shooting so many threes? Why are you losing to the Lakers without LeBron and A. D. Like I, I there's just something about the Celtics team where it's like it's kinda like the year they went to the finals. Their net rating is off the charts. They're amazing, but you get to the finals and all of a sudden Draymond Green's talking hella shit and you don't you don't quite look right. And then the next year you're like the number one or you're the number two seed and all of a sudden Jimmy Butler's in your head and you don't quite look right. There's just this weird mental lapse with that Celtics team that like I hate talking about pro sports when it comes to the mental side of things. because I generally don't believe in it, but like you just see it with the Celtics. They're just not a mentally tough team.
1: Yeah, and it would definitely be uh, pretty mentally tough to see LeBron James walk into your arena. When How long has it been since he's lost to an Eastern Conference team in the playoffs? Like... Friggin'
0: 10 years? Uh, it hasn't been since 20... No, it's been over a decade. It hasn't been since 20, 2009. Yeah, that's insane. 2009,
1: 2010. Um, okay, <laughs> you want to talk about uh, the trades that won't happen, but are funny to talk about?
0: Wait, can I do one more team that I think would be really awesome for LeBron and maybe even more awesome Oh, we yes, guys? please. Julius Randle and Fournier and whatever picks package the Knicks need... And to get LeBron James. Oh yeah yeah I'm 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 totally on board with you
1: uh, on
0: the nickel. I mean you roll in with Brunson, Hart, OG, LeBron and you know Hardenstein, I mean talk about a team that if you're the Celtics you don't want to see. Yeah,
1: and talk about a way to goose up your legacy LeBron bring a title to New York
0: City. Cause I think the thing we've seen with LeBron is like when he wants to try on defense, like it's still there. And if you're telling me like, okay, you've got 48 minutes to deal with OG and an Obi LeBron and Josh Hart, like, fuck, man. Like, I don't. I think that that team is just, yeah. I don't know what you do against that. team. I,
1: you don't do anything. Yeah, I, I would love the to see Tibbs and LeBron interacting on a day-to-day basis. That would be amazing. Yeah, I mean.
0: Yeah, I think of all these teams that should maybe be a little reckless, I think the Knicks should be should be reckless with trying to make this happen. Because if you add LeBron to this Knicks team, it's, I don't know, I think that's clearly the best team in the East.
1: Absolutely, and you would get so much <clears throat> behind-the-scenes drama of CAA, all the, the like— caa guys against rich paul everyone's trying to like become best friends with james dolan and go to s- concerts at the sphere with him every weekend it would just be there. there would be nothing better in sports i can't i can't imagine anything better for espn
0: yeah i mean if lebron won a title with the knicks like that would just be, <laughs> it would just be chef's kiss the chef's kiss of all chef's kisses
1: Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Who would be so <laughs> in this universe where LeBron is on the Knicks, who would you want to see him go
0: up against in the finals? Ooh, I mean, the Clippers would be really fun. But I mean, uh, I mean, I feel like if LeBron can best Jokic, that would be kind of a nice that, that would be the, the ultimate cherry on top.
1: Yeah, that's that would be like almost like a you got to retire, dude. It doesn't get better than this moment, which I don't think he would.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like there's no Jokic LeBron rivalry, but it's now it's kind of like Jokic with the Clippers where Jokic kind of just owns the city of L.A., <laughs> the entire city. Yeah, that is true.
1: Yeah, there's a little bit of juice yeah. there, but it's more like the full Lakers team versus the, the full Nuggets team. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it would be really fun to see LeBron play against, like, a guy like Luka in the finals. Like, if Luka went on, like, a magical run through the playoffs. And then, yeah, battle L.A., but the L.A. turns to battle L.E. New York versus L.A. <laughs> it's New York versus L.A. <laughs> um, I don't Okay. Should- I've, I've got a few more trades that I just got to get off my chest that won't happen, <clears throat> but we can laugh at. Um, LeBron to the Nuggets. Nuggets send out Michael Porter Jr. and Cantavius Caldwell Pope and unite the two greatest passers
0: of our generation. Love that one. What do you think? I try to do a Nuggets trade construction myself, and I'm just a little worried what happens to that Nuggets team when you lose the two off-the-ball shooters. Because um, the problem is you can't make a LeBron to the Nuggets trade without involving Porter, but... It's really Aaron Gordon is the guy that LeBron would slot so nicely into that role.
1: Yes, that is true. Um, a trade just so crazy that I feel like it could happen. The Bulls just convinced themselves to go all in for one more season. They're in the play-in mix. Um, so they just, it's very simply, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, and three first-round picks. Those are going to be super juicy Bulls first-round picks.
0: I think you're, yeah, there's just no way. I feel like LeBron, if this is real, which like, who knows, man, if LeBron, it's almost impossible to picture LeBron James getting traded, but like, I feel like if LeBron is like, oh, you're going to trade me, if you don't trade me one of these three teams, like I'm going to retire.
1: I, I don't know. I just don't see him. I don't see him retiring, to be honest.
0: I cannot picture him playing for an Oklahoma City.
1: Okay, ready to hear a team Minnesota. that you can definitely not imagine him playing for, but would fix this title contender? Like, in my opinion, full send fix this title contender? Drew Holiday, Al Horford, and a first round pick and a first round pick swap for LeBron James. LeBron going to Boston, completely makes sense of their team. You've still got Jalen Brown, you've still got Jason Tatum, you've still got Chris Stapps, Porzingis, the whole gang, except for Drew Holiday and Al Horford, and you replace, replace it with the King of the East,
0: LeBron James. I think Celtics fans would be so upset if they needed LeBron James to win the championship. But yeah, I mean also, what do you think about just the LeBron for Jalen Brown Straight up type trade.
1: Yeah, I thought about it. Um, the one complicating factor with something like that is, oh, Jalen has a no trade. He clause. He has a no trade, has no trade clause, and Jayla. he doesn't make that huge number this season. He still makes thirty million. So then you've got to mm-hmm. like put in like two more guys. It would have to be like Al Horford, and then someone else. Which they don't really have like those middling contracts. So that's why the Drew yeah. Holiday one works a little bit better but i mean he's not getting the lakers would never
0: it would be like trading babe ruth never um (laughs) yeah they would never all right should we talk about the all-star reserves or do we have one more no that's all i got i'm ready
1: to talk about the all-star reserves
0: so Patrick and I gave out our all-star teams quite a while ago. And uh, these actual teams are looking very different than the ones we came up with. The East all-star reserves are Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo, Julius Randle, Tyrese Maxey, Paulo Bancaro. Um, so I know both of us had Trey Young. He did not make the cut. But he will get there because Julius Randle has a separated shoulder right now. Um, obviously, Joel Embiid just got hurt. So another Eastern player is going to make it. Um Patrick, I don't know about you. I thought the East All-Stars just kind of weird.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty surprising uh, to see to see Paolo Pancaro make it really. I mean, just like at the end of the day. It would have made sense a cup like a month and a half ago when the magic were rolling and they were kind of one of the stories of the NBA. But I was I was pretty surprised to see him get that nod, especially over Trey Young.
0: Yeah, I, I think is a weird pick because when we did this exercise a month ago. The Magic were higher in the standings, and neither of us had Caro there. And since then, the Magic have only kind of fallen in the standings. Paulo's shooting has kind of come back to earth. Not to toot my own horn, but my uh, picking the Cavs to soar up the standings and the Magic to drop when they were like five games apart is looking pretty good right now. And yeah, I think Jared Allen, you know, we talked about it. Maybe he doesn't make it because... He was not very good to start the season. Jared Allen was actually kind of bad the first month and a half of the season. So you got to factor in that first month. It seems like we do tend to wait what happened more recently than what happened in the beginning of the season. But, yeah, I think the other odd one was Jalen Brown for me. I don't know. I think I have this weird thing, Patrick, where if you have an obvious flaw that is exploitable in the playoffs, I just I think that has to count against you, even though it's a regular season all-star, just like. The guy can't dribble with his left hand. <laughs> I feel like he tanks the Celtics in a lot of games with a shot selection. I just, I personally don't think Jalen Brown is an all-star. I just don't see I it. I think that.
1: in a world where, you know, Jimmy Butler is around, I don't know. Jimmy, he just didn't play enough games, I think at the end, or at the end of the day, to get himself into the all-star situation. And I I had Jimmy Butler over Jalen Brown. I don't have the biggest problem with Jalen ending up on the team because the Celtics have been so dominant this year. And Chris Stapps Porzingis just like I had him in there and he didn't end up playing enough games.
0: That's that's where I think. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I I just feel like Porzingis is better than Jalen Brown. He's been more impactful for the Celtics. Like I feel like he should be the all-star for the, the second all-star for that team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's also like positional stuff that, that goes into play here. But I, I mean, Jalen Brown is an amazing player. He is a really, really good player. And he is the probably the second best player, pure like talent-wise, <clears throat> on the best team in the NBA thus far. So it, I, I don't know. I have... I have less problems than that. I do have a problem, though, with De'Aaron Fox and no Kings at all
0: making it. Oh, you want to we want to wait, wait, wait. Do you want to talk about before we get to the West? So Trey Trey Young will slot in for Joel Embiid or Randall. Um, you know, Halliburton has been on a minutes restriction lately, but I'm guessing he'll play in the all-star game. Who else from the East do you think is going to slot in to take that final spot, given that we have two injury spots in the East?
1: I feel like Jimmy is probably the name there. Um, did you have anybody else other than other than Jimmy?
0: I think Jared Allen, especially with the way the Cavs have been playing. Um, um, yeah, I mean, no one else from the Pacers. I guess the Knicks already have their two. The Bucks already have their two. The Sixers have their two. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's probably Jimmy. Which is good. We need... Or Scotty Barnes. Jimmy or Scotty Barnes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, we didn't even yeah. talk about Scotty Barnes. The The Raptors <clears throat> have kind of struggled as of late. They, they've continued to fall down the standings. But, um, I mean, he's had a pretty good season in his own right. Yeah, I think... I think the clear one is Trey Young there and then probably Jimmy Butler, especially just to like get Jimmy Butler there. If you're the NBA, you need to have your marquee guys at All-Star Weekend. And no matter how you cut it, Jimmy Butler is a marquee guy.
0: Yep. All right. Let's talk West. No Kings, no De'Aaron and Fox, by the way, who's averaging around 30 points a game. Um, definitely one of the most dynamic Offensive point guards and defensive point guards in the game. Actually, the game I went to against the Heat, he had a really nice poke steal on Jimmy Butler that he converted into a fast break. Um, I'm kind of shocked to see De'Aaron not make it.
2: Yeah,
1: I was I was really surprised. I, I I guess it ended up being De'Aaron or Devin Booker, and I I understand why Devin got the nod over De'Aaron. He's just his creation's been a lot better, and the scoring is just kind of the same, but. I don't know. You're going to yell at me, and this may be sacrilege. <laughs> I would have had De'Aaron over Steph. I'm sorry. The Warriors have been awful this year, really, throughout the whole whole time. Steph has played 41 games, but like that's not overly— I guess that's just right there with uh, what De'Aaron Fox has done. But basically, statistically, they're putting out the same offensive output— And the Kings are just a way, way, way better team. I get that Steph is an all-time dude, but this just hasn't been like the year. And when it's so close, I would like to reward the team with the better player. But um,
0: I don't know. How do you feel about that? I mean, I had this guy on my ballot of... Too many people when we did this, because I accidentally had an extra person in the West and he was my extra person, and he looks like the extra person here. And I'm sorry, Max, but Carl Anthony Towns, I feel like is the one who sticks out. So the All-Star Reserves is two guards, three front court players, and two players from any position. I'm assuming Towns is one of the two players from any position. I feel like Darren should go there.
1: Yeah, I could Um, I could see him in the in the town slot. Yeah. Only 22 points a game, eight rebounds from Towns. I guess it helps
0: that he had that. I think Towns has been great. I think the West is just really loaded, but yeah, I, I think if we're going to be upset of De'Aaron not making it, it's that Towns spot where we should kind of all be a little bit more upset. I, there's been a huge tiff about Sabonis. I, I'm sorry. I, I just don't see the case for Sabonis against a single name on the, on the list of people who've made
1: it. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely rather have Kat I than Sabonis. Like, I just don't see it. Like, I
0: just don't see it. Like, Everyone's clamoring it's got to be Sabonis. Cats, we've talked about how great he's been for the Timberwolves, who've been the number one team almost all season. Like, I just don't see the case for Sabonis over any of these guys. And to go back to my Jalen Brown point, Sabonis is another one of those guys who sneakily only has one hand. You saw the Warriors expose it in the playoffs last year. And I just don't – I personally don't like rewarding one-trick ponies who don't work in the playoffs.
1: I – Dude, it's the regular season, though. It is the All Star Game. We're not talking about All NBA. We're rewarding success but in like, the regular
0: season. But Towns has been more. Su- I just, I just don't understand the whole tiff about Sabonis. Like, I get it with Fox. I'm upset Fox hasn't made it. Fox should be in. But I just don't understand the whole Sabonis should be an All Star when. Okay, who's he going to replace? Kevin Durant? Like, I'm sorry. What are we talking no, about No, that, No, that's
1: why I, I think the Kings guy is obviously Fox who should be in there. And and I also, Max, I'm with you, dude. I think the, the T-Wolves deserve two All-Stars. I had Rudy Gobert in there. I get why Rudy didn't end up making it. But I would not swap out Carl anthony Towns because they're the number one seed in the entire NBA, or not in the entire, in the entire Western <laughs> Conference. I think they... And, Cat, I mean, he's just scored 63 points the other day. He's had an incredible year. Um, I don't know. I guess the other spot you could look at is maybe Paul George. He's been so efficient this year. Um, He's been so good. He's been so, so,
0: although he was awful when I saw him. (laughs) There is going to be really, really good players who don't make it. And that's just the reality of the situation.
2: I kind of am with you guys about Cat. Like, I, I think Ant definitely deserves it. And when I saw Cat in there, I was like, oh, okay. All right. I mean, like, he has been doing better, but I, I don't know. Like, there's some other people I'd rather see in that spot. I Even as a T-Wolves fan, like, it still is sort of, sort of strange.
0: Yeah, I guess, how do you both feel about the, like, the number one seed and the number two seed need to have two all-stars? Because I don't know if I necessarily agree with that.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't believe it as a hard and fast rule, definitely at all, but I, I'm not going to sit here and, and lie to you guys and say that I don't think record should be considered when, when we're talking about uh, who makes the all-star team. I Because, like, it it, it is really important. Like, r- this is kind of a snapshot of what has happened thus far throughout the season. So if there's not like a star level guy, I I don't think it should be shoehorned. But if if you can make the case for it, I, I think it should be valued if you're a number one, a number two, a number three seed in your conference.
0: I think where it gets tough though, is you look at the West and like, like Minnesota has been the one team that's been there the whole time. And the Thunder now for most of the season. But like, given how close these teams are in the standings, the Clippers could be the two seed, the Thunder could be the four seed. Um, the Kings are really close with like the Mavs. Like if they keep sliding, like they could be the eight seed. So it's just like, I don't know, especially when the standings are this tight, I feel like the actual number of the standing almost doesn't matter when it's going to change so much over the next three, four weeks.
1: But what about a team that's
0: out of the play in picture? But I just don't think you should hold Steph... Accountable for how bad his teammates have been because, like, on the flip side, right? The Sixers without Embiid have been really, really bad. So, should Maxie not be an all star? I guess that's where my kind of I guess where I'm coming from. Yeah, I hear you. I just don't think we should punish guys for playing on dog shit teams. Like, I just don't think that, that's but, fair. but
1: the fact of the matter is, I feel like that's what happens. Like, they're for young players, at least, like, throughout NBA history, we've seen young players probably. <laughs> almost always have to wait like a year too long because they aren't winning to that extent, even though their numbers might, might be there. And I'm, I'm just saying like, shouldn't that be that logic be applied to the
0: older players of the league as well? Yeah, I guess I just still think Steph is a super, super impactful player and I just can't imagine a world where he wouldn't be an all-star.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying Steph isn't amazing. I'm just saying this. This year, he just flat out hasn't been as effective as we've seen him in the past, and the team success just isn't there. But uh, I mean,
0: yeah, I guess we already talked East, but I think the real guy that's the most interesting to talk about is Trey Young. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of his like brand of heliocentric basketball. Um. But I mean, at some point, even people like me have to be like, bro, trade. I mean, I did have him on my all-star ballot, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, I I feel like it's just weird that he's going to get in as a reserve and not, a, or like a reserve reserve and not as just a proper, you were announced.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I'm glad he's going to get in as a reserve because like, it would be basically unprecedented in NBA history for a guy that is averaging 27 and almost 11 assists a game to, to not make it. Like I said, this All-Star for me is all about, like, you know, who is putting up great numbers and who is, is putting up wins. And although Trey is not putting up wins, Trey, you could argue, has, like, the best numbers of almost anybody in the East. Um, the Just, like,
0: insane creation. Yeah, I saw... I saw that Trey Young is the first player to not be named an All Star with these numbers since Trey Young. <laughs> yeah, geez, everyone um, hates Trey Young. Yeah, but I mean, I think that is one of those things, right? Like if you watch a Hawks game, like the usage rate, the heliocentricism of it is 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 a lot.
1: Yeah, it's not appealing to watch. But
0: I still think he's an All Star.
1: Um, yeah, and he will be. So I guess there is some justice there. Jesus Christ, this has been a big week.
0: I know. It's kind of crazy. We had so many things we wanted to talk about today. Patrick, your son's too owed my heat this season.
1: Um, I I told him I I really needed it this year. I feel like generally we always lose against the heat, especially in that Orlando-Miami back-to-back that the Suns always have. But – they they knew a special guest would be in the audience on, on that, on Monday.
0: Patrick, can I give you uh, three possessions that I thought were just really interesting sons, sons yes, looks? Yes, of course. I think all these could be, well, these are bad. So there was two possessions where Devin Booker was so upset he didn't get a foul call, he straight up didn't play defense. <laughs> Sounds like, like his buddy <laughs> it's Luca. It's like one of those things, I don't know if you notice as much on TV. No, I mean, I was thinking about that too, but... He literally one of the times just stayed on the Heat side of the court instead of playing defense and just waited for the possession to end. It. And it ended up being like a long half court possession. just didn't play deep happened twice. But there was another time where the Heat went to their zone and Booker has the ball at the top of the key. And he's kind of like, OK, the Heat are playing their weird zone. What should I do? oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to run at Terry Rozier until I get to the free throw line and pull up and sink the free throw. And Devin Booker's solution to beating the zone instead of like passing and shooting was like, I'm going to ISO and hit mid-rangers, which is like the complete goal of the zone, but it just worked because it's Devin Booker and he doesn't miss mid-range shots over Terry Rozier.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds like my guy right there. Yeah, that zone was was putting the Suns in a bit of a tizzy at the end of that <coughs> game. Um
0: I was like, is this a good sign for the Suns or a bad sign? Like (laughs) that their way of combating a zone is not to do it properly, but to just ram their head into it. And (laughs) yeah, whenever
1: a team plays a zone (laughs) against the Suns, it does make my heart beat a little bit faster and make me miss Chris Paul a little bit more because that's a guy that when like it's just so easy to i feel like someone who's never watched basketball before could identify a zone when chris paul is like manipulating the ball against it because he just like tears it up so quickly but um but yeah yeah sounds sounds about right sounds sounds about like the the devin booker experience yeah
0: um Anything else you want to touch on? I mean, Jalen Brunson last night, 40 points, really emotional game for the Knicks. Um, Super great moment. Man, I love this this Knicks team, man. Yeah. Yeah. How can you not just just love what's
1: going on in New York? It and, and the the way that he just fits that city hand in glove. And, and not to mention the entire play style of this team. I I, I really hope we can see a Knicks run this year because I, I think it could be really, really special for a city that is so crucial in the history of the game that has not seen very much success at all during our entire lifetimes. It, it would just be, it would be so awesome and so special. And I, I don't know for, I don't know a better guy that I think it could be happening to than, uh, than Jalen Brunson. He just seems like, to be really appreciating the moment, and it's really awesome to see. Yeah.
0: All right, should we get to hot streak Let's shooting? Let's do song? it.
1: Okay. Okay, James, start us off, please. I want to hear
0: about your week. Uh, you know, I've had a. I, I honestly, now that I'm sick though, Patrick, I'm gonna say I feel like I'm on my first shooting. Oh slup. no. Yeah, no, I had a great week in Miami. Um, I went to two Heat games. I got to go to the Heat practice facility. I got to hang out with Josh Richardson. Super cool guy. My man went off after I beat him in pig. So shout out to me, Heat Nation. I, I motivated Jay Rich to go off that game. Um, also beat him in a relay race, just saying. And then, um, you know, I got to hang out at the stadium after, after one night. It was really cool. The Heat really hooked me up. Let me go to their, like, crazy lounge, hooked me up with dinner. Uh, Miami is, like, the most beautiful city. The weather is amazing. The mojitos, you know, I got to hit my yearly mojito quota. What better place to do that than No Miami. better place. But
1: no better place. I'm,
0: I'm sick. Yeah, I'm sick. I've got a lot of just work I have to catch up on. Um, some behind-the-scenes stuff with my YouTube channel. Like, people are moving and going, and I'm, like, frantically trying to replace, like, editors and stuff. So it's just a little stressful. And, uh, you know, Patrick, I um, we've talked about this player and this person a lot, but I just... I kind of want to talk about him a little bit, even though it has not not much to do with my week, but the Spurs are starting to play better players around Victor Wimbanyama. And I was just watching one of their games and I just couldn't help but think, why don't they trade for Chris Paul?
1: Hey, I've been beating that drum since the Suns traded him initially to the Wizards. I think that would be
0: awesome. I was, so I was talking to my friend Ian and I was saying, what's really cool about Victor is it feels like we're going to see the best case scenario for his career because of how much he cares about his body and everything like that. And I feel like I'm just I'm just excited to see year two Victor. I just feel like he's going to be like all NBA second team. Nick. I think Victor is going to just maybe even be an all-star starter. I think it, what he's doing now on this team that's really bad is really special. And Spurs are now quietly... 10 wins tied with Charlotte. I honestly think they might not finish in the bottom Yeah, five. I mean... Because this guy is so special I, I, and fun to watch. So he's been the hot streak and the heat. I just... Being sick is an auto-shooter slump for me. I just don't... I hate being sick. Being sick pisses yeah, me dude, off. Yeah, dude,
1: it's the worst. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry to hear that you're, you're not feeling too well. Well, I'm kind of torn for my week because I had, like, really high highs, but also it's... I took two 7-hour drives this week and four flights I was in three no I mean if you count my the stops on the on the plane I was in like six different states over the course of like two and a half days um so I I went to Cleveland with uh with Jesser and and the whole production team to help with a video there. I had never been to Cleveland before. I was there for like literally like 20 hours, 5 a.m., flew out of L.A., went there. We basically immediately went to the game, shot the video, and then 3 a.m. again, but Cleveland time, had to go to the airport and then 5 a.m., fly all the way back. So that was like very, very taxing on my body, especially after the back-to-back seven-hour drives to and fro Arizona for the wedding that I went to. But the Cavs Arena and just all the vibes around it were so freaking great. Honestly, Cavs Arena, like one of my favorite arenas that I have ever been to. Um, My favorite thing about it is we had this suite but they have lower level suites so there's probably like i don't know like 30 rows in front of the suites but you're basically eye level with the court so you can really like you're you're not too high so you start losing like the perspective of like how big the live players are and you can like see how fast the balls whipping around which is really awesome but and also it was it was clippers cavs so it was like a, a pretty marquee matchup but I gotta give it to the Cavs fans. They all really showed out and were just super intense. They were super in the game. They were loving it. It was, it was a really, really great atmosphere. So that was that was super fun to be there um, and, and do that. Um, so, but just so much travel and the wedding was also really fun. Um I I I, I feel like you, Max. I feel like I'm kind of on a hot slump. The like high highs, but also my body is falling apart right now. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly where I am. Like when I look back at my week, I'm like, dude, I had an awesome week. But I do feel like I'm in a hot slump because it's like I just I hate being sick because I'm also one of those people that like I feel like some people when they're sick, they're like, cool, I'm just going to lay in bed for two days. And I'm someone who's like, no, I still have mm -hmm. to work. But now I have to do it with a headache because I don't, I, I don't, I don't like. Yeah, out. no,
1: I feel that it's it's so hard to like. And it's like life does not stop when you're sick. What are you What are you supposed to do? I don't know. I'm I'm settling on hot slump. I I, I love the the new term that you added to our lexicon, Max. Um, and I'll throw it to you, Max. How you feeling? Where are you sitting at?
2: Um, I you know it's been interesting it's been kind of a sleepy rainy week in la again um you know i'm not like i have been pretty productive doing some other work and like you know uh you know just just staying active um the t wolves also back in the number one spot over okc okay, i really where they
0: belong
2: <laughs> where they belong baby um Uh-oh. i realize it's so close <laughs> uh no howling no howling Um, Sorry, sorry. no but i realize it's like they're all one game away from each other and so i just keep checking i'm like okay today the wolves need to win OKC needs to lose denver can win one game but they can't win you know (laughs) back to back yeah yeah (laughs) yeah. (laughs) um it's uh you know but I'm, i'm happy that they're they seem to be doing okay um and then this weekend i got korean barbecue tonight and then uh one of my roommates birthdays is tomorrow night so got a stacked lineup coming up i'm gonna say i'm on a hot streak you know i i'm i'm sorry guys but i'm doing better than hey you.
1: that's okay we need that heat we need that flame right there <laughs> one uh, one yeah. story that i i did not tell about our calves experience was um, uh, I have to preface this with um, we all know the beef between Matt Ishbia, the Suns owner, and Dan Gilbert, the um, Cavs owner. They both own like the biggest like mortgage companies in middle America. But I was wearing this like big, gigantic, obnoxious, puffy Suns jacket to protect me from the elements. And one of the people that worked at the Cavs arena, they looked at me and they were like, really? Suns? You had to wear Suns? Mr. Gilbert, he wouldn't like that if he saw that. I was like, damn. Like, even the people that work at the arena are in on the beef? Like, they're shaming every Suns fan that walks into this building? I I was shocked. And that was the funniest thing that happened when that happened. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's great. I love that. I, I I wonder if it's like any of any team gear that's not Cavs gear. They're just like, stay out of our town. Man. But you, you really think it's like specific <laughs> I, to the speed
0: speed? Yeah, I wonder what would get I think it is. I wonder what would get more of a rise though, if you wore like that, or if you wore like a Draymond Green jersey.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> people were walking around. There's so many people with like Lakers jerseys, you know, like at any other. But The one person that they pointed out in our gigantic group was me with my obnoxious son's jacket on because I guess they all use rocket mortgage,
0: bro. You know, you know, shout out to Laker Nation. You could hear some Let's Go Lakers chants in Boston last night. Wow, wow, yeah. Laker Nation, hardcore. You, you, you hear them. Oh, actually, somebody, um, somebody, uh, all right. So, this is I don't know if this is an embarrassing story. So, for like the first four or five years of being a, a YouTuber, I didn't know how to actually check my Instagram message requests. And then like one day, two years ago, I found out like however many people have been requesting to like DM me on Instagram. So every couple of days I check my Instagram DMs and I usually hit most people back. And I found this one guy who uh, <laughs> he said, I can't stand you talking about the heat. Talk about any other team. Just talk about the Lakers, please. And then he replied to every story of me at the Heat game. And it was just like, fuck the Heat. I don't like the Heat. Wow. Generational. (laughs) I feel like we don't even talk about the Heat.
1: (laughs) Wemby generational level hater talent right
0: there. (laughs) It does not like the Miami That is crazy. Well, you know what? Maybe these other teams should try to make it to the finals and be relevant. And maybe we'll start talking about it. all
1: right. Well, with that, since we, uh, since we insulted
0: every fan base
1: in the NBA, except for Denver, (laughs) except for Denver and Miami. (laughs) I think, uh, I think this is a good place to to end
0: it. Yep. All right. We guys, we will be in studio next week. Apologies for the weird, um, virtual, um, ones this week. We were not really, you know, up to date, uh, I'm what I guess a lot of people would call a boomer. We'll end it there. See you guys next week. Peace.